Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review, and I wonder just how many people tune out exactly when I say that. <laughs> oh, God, not those guys again. We're the film review show whose kids will argue about literally anything. Today, for example, mine argued over who could sit with a blanket on them while it was 31 degrees outside. <laughs> anyway, yes, here at Bad Dad's Film Review, we missed a lot of movies while our kids were younger, so we're catching up on them now. We also believe that just because something is for kids doesn't mean it should automatically be idiotic and cynical, and you don't have to be a Guardian-reading, artichoke-guzzling, elitist snob to hold your children's television to account, which is why we review the those shoes, shows too, and the shoes. <laughs> Dad shoe review. It's an absolute scorcher here in the man cave with summer sack and sweaty pits aplenty as co-hosts Sidey, Dan and Peter Andre take you on an archaeology-themed episode with Netflix's The Dig and Minecraft Story Mode, our feature reviews. And of course, it's well known that you can't do any archaeology without a decent hat. So we'll be compiling a top five of memorable movie hats. Who knows that may even feature some sort of archaeologist in it's possible so jeff bezos technically went not into space today for 11 <laughs> minutes which is nice yeah it seemed uh, there was a lot of build-up to it and then when i read mm. they were in the air for 10 minutes they were fairly shit and so they didn't break the atmosphere did they so i know is it technically space really is i think it, if you really? can see some curvature of the earth and stuff that's pretty cool weightlessness that's what they got I four minutes they got space. four minutes of weightlessness did they yeah okay well i would okay but was that just from falling or no, I think I don't know. Like I don't, hovering, I skim, you know, at best, of hovering and at best, I skim read the article. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think I the weightlessness is at the the top of their yeah um, journey. And then, what? But are, are you allowed to like take off your seatbelt and woo yeah, they, they and got, all that? Yeah, yeah and they then, did. Yeah. And then they have to like bundle you back into your seat. And that's the bit I was wondering about because they did take they did unharness themselves so they mm. could feel the effects of the weightlessness. And I'm thinking. We better make sure you're fucking strapped back in. Back in yeah. for the landing. They probably get yeah. some sort of like notice, for, like a bing bong from the pilot. Yeah, yeah. but the fastened the seatbelt side. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> Most yeah. of make my, sure your tray is upright. Yeah. Most of my seatbelt experiences are yelling at my daughter. Have you fucking got your seatbelt on it? Well, not necessarily as aggressively as that, but you know, <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> sitting in a car. I'm thinking while you're weightless in a spaceship, might be a little bit more. There's, yeah. there's room for error. And yeah. one of them was old and one of them was really young. So. Yeah. The is oldest it, oh, and the youngest person yeah. ever to go into space. Yeah. Oh, wow. 82 uh, well, is and it, 18. Is it, on, I mean, is it on the cards? Are you going up to space? Is that what you're... Well, that's what this is all for, space tourism. So, yeah. 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 You're going to do it. Yeah. We haven't yeah. got enough in the podcast fund yet, but, you know... <laughs> there's a competition online. I think you can go and... Who's the other one? Branson. I think he... Yeah. yeah. Oh, and um, Moss is... And the other te Elon Tesla. Musk. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all... It's a space race just for... Bazillionaires or whatever, yeah. yeah. It's weird, but I think, though, I think I mean, you have to have a negative PCR test before you can. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, Will you be okay? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody watch anything? This yeah, week? I watched a few bits, some more Twin Peaks, and I watched all the homework. And because of our midweek mention, I had to subscribe to the BFI channel on Amazon Prime, and that unlocked a whole load of cool mm. stuff. So today, actually, I watched. Picnic at Hang Hanging Rock, ah, which I'd wanted to see for fucking ages, and is now that I have. Not another Graham Greene story. No. Picture at Picnic. At no, it's true story uh, of Brighton Rock. You're thinking of <laughs> could be, could well be. It's this one's a true story of it's it's a true event in 1900 yeah. on Valentine's Day. A class of girls went out for a picnic at Hanging Rock. Three went missing, and a teacher, and they never found 
Right. One girl they did find, but the rest of them didn't find any trace of them. No, they don't know what happened to them. Right. Um, so it's this sort of mystery. And what was um, the the one girl? What had happened to her? I can't remember if I've seen this know. before. But they, you say they found they find one. her. She's it's after a week in the bush. Right. And well, she gets taken out of the school. And when she does go back to school, all the girls just go fucking mad at her. Like, where's the other ones? Why have we done? It right. was good. And she doesn't have any answers. It's no. Like, no. Weird one. Yeah, I think I remember seeing it's Peter this Weir directed night. it. Who's who's the the star? There's Is not it, really anyone. No, no. They're all Australian, so you'd f- instantly forget about them. Right. <laughs> wow. Was it dingoes or things like that? They, they ate my babies. Up, about, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Peter, did you see anything? Sidey gave me some recommendations, and I watched the full four-hour, ten-minute version of Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, wow, okay. Which was, yeah, like fucking epic film and another epic Bobby D performance. And some, but I've managed to find something that the missus and I are quite into. I've been watching Lupin, actually. Oh, yeah, right. Omar Sy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, we're two, three episodes from the end now. We're in the second season or whatever. Right. But one thing, and you said this about something else, I'd like, she's insisted that we watched it with English dubbing. No. And I want to watch it oh, in with French with subtitles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But because it, it, he's got like an American accent, it's no. really fucking irritating. Oh, it's, it's, it's kind of ruining it for me. It's still good. Yeah. It's still good, but I'd like to watch it as it's meant to be, but yeah. with the subtitles. No, my one, but. I was watching a Norwegian one called Ragnarok, and the first series, it just came on dubbed, and I never once thought I could go in and actually change it back. Right. So I watched the first series, and then at the end of it, I was like, man, that would have been so much better if it was subtitled. Yeah, yeah. So when series two came around, I watched that subtitled. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, take a little bit off because I, I think, you know, his, his acting, his performances it, is it, with his... It takes stuff away from it for me, but... Yeah. yeah she and your French is pretty good. Where, 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 where? I watched uh, a couple episodes of The Wire. Oh, so, uh, fun, With the yeah. subtitles on. You need yeah. the subtitles on. Well, that's yeah. what you had said. What, series so, one, episode series one, one episode one, up to... Oh, man, what a ride you're on. Is this your, your debut? Debut. You so I think... I'd done two yesterday, okay. so I'm on to, on to the third So you're just one. meeting characters? That's yes, really, yeah, yeah, I'm just strong. meeting characters. Have you met Omar so, yet? So basically, no, I don't think I've met so Omar two. yet. Basically, Dominic West has gone in and, and picked you, up a shitstorm with a judge. The, to get, have you had them moving the desk yet between the two offices? No, oh, no. Brilliant. Right, there's, a, well, it's, you know, there's some humour in it. It's funny. It is a funny show, yeah. But, so... So I've um, yeah I've got that to look forward to another seven seasons. So I thought no, it's only five. It's only five. Oh, is it only f- only five. Honestly, just like it, season the one that's set in the schools is three, 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 three? or four. Season, right, three or four. I think three is one of the finest seasons of television that's ever been made. It's really, really yeah. unbelievable okay. stuff. Well, I'll, I'll look. For, I'll look forward to to seeing more of that. I also watched King Otto, which was. A documentary about the Greek football team who won the European Championships in 2004. This is part it's of the grieving process. It's part of my grieving process where an underdog who, who was never, ever going to win. They'd never scored a goal. They'd only had one other international tournament appearance in, the, in living kind of memory. And they conceded 10 and scored none. That was in the 94 World Cup. Yeah. Argentina beat them 4-0. I think. Russia beat them 2-0 and Spain beat them 4-0 or something. They they got battered. So there was no pride within the the Greek national football team. And this Greek presidente of football 
decided he wanted a German to come in and do the job. And mm. so he, he asked Otto Reinhold. Renhagel. Renhagel. And Renhagel came in and changed the attitude. They qualified for the European Championship still with ambitions to score a goal, yeah. to maybe get a point, yeah. you know, and they've gone and won it. You know, unbelievable. It's almost it like just... the forgotten unbelievable achievement yeah. because of what Denmark did, which yeah. we've covered in another but, but, podcast. Yeah, but and it, 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 so it was a, it was a really, and he's a really nice guy, like likable guy. And you could see that German. they, yeah, he, he was changed. <laughs> he changed with the team, you know, as they needed a change. He also needed a change to get his communication ac- across. And the, the documentary focuses on that a little bit, as well as some of the football and the, the, the criticism they took because they just defended all the time and then would hit him on the break. But, and it was anti-football as far as a lot of people go. But when you saw them enter the Parthenon and, and everything back home mm. going in, it was, must've been like it was back in the day when the Romans had mm. come in, you know, mm. they were all, it was a hot sweaty night in Athens and the entire country is just swarmed. There's flags and paint and flares and yeah, everything going off. Party, and they're it? going through, lifting the trophy. All yeah. the, oh, it was seen, seen. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. And I also watched Justice League, which I hadn't seen. The yeah. four-hour one? Four-hour Zack Snyder thing, yeah. Okay. Is that the new one? No. Well, it was the re-cut oh, of yeah, the... Yeah. yeah. Mm. Have you, so have you seen both versions? So I've seen both versions, yeah. Do this you think one, this one improves it? This one was better for me. Yeah. yeah. But it's a long time since I've seen that one, but I enjoyed this. Bothered by the aspect ratio at all? Or? Didn't know. Yeah. I watched Orangutan Jungle School. Nice. It's a nature thing on Sky about this reserve in Borneo where they like sort of get abused or abandoned orangutans and sort of they're, they're a problem orangutans aren't they because they're getting in in the way of people being able to acquire more palm oil and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah so, exactly uh, yeah it's, so it's, in this place yeah. they, they take them in there they just crush them down yeah <laughs> <laughs> they teach them how to be orangutans basically because they don't really know how to be orangutans so they teach them how to be orangutans and then gradually like make them more and more wild until they're ready to to, to be released back into the world it's really a bit like dan after Three days of being home alone. Yeah. 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 Well, I look at you bringing up home alone now. Yeah. Oh. So brave. I think what's quite astonishing about it is how human like they are. Like, especially the young ones are just like watching your kids like tumble over each mm. other. They put nappies on them. They take them to their first lesson in a wheelbarrow, like six baby orangutans in a wheelbarrow. And they're all like jumping on each other's heads and stuff. It's funny. I'll need to get Highly a wheelbarrow soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the work that, Dole does with the orangutans. They're different. They're the Sumatran orangutans, but there's a place called the Haven in Medan where they do a lot of this rehabilitation work. Mm. And a lot of the orangutans have been with various families as pets and, and things like that. So they need to be rehabilitated back into into you know the world if they can even go back but it's sorry, yeah. sorry to it's it's actually pronounced orange you tan <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah. we had a top five last week which was top five movie graves and we, we had lots of listener engagement thank you very much we had two spaces to fill very quickly want to correct a, a wrong from last week's <gasps> podcast that i listened to so sidey last week you said that in in finishing up the spectacles top five that there was no reference to home alone 
there was uh, Fuller McAllister played oh, by right, Kieran yeah. Culkin in Home Alone. So yeah. it was there. Yeah. yeah. You just yeah. I just try and block them. That. I just try and block them all out of my <laughs> yeah. in my mind. Yeah. We did have lots of listeners. There's we been did? great listener engagement recently on Twitter. So Two thank you. For, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we had Carrie was nominated. Yeah, which, is a which good I one. talked about, and it's a good one. You also said Barry Bar- was nominated, which is a, another really good one. Um, I, I I have one. I want to just cover it really quickly. So I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I'd been watching the Hitchcock Hour, yeah. and mm. there was an episode that was re- that I really memorable called uh, Final Escape. And uh, basically, it's it's a guy who keeps trying to escape from prison, and he keeps getting caught. Eventually, he he uh, gets in with the like the the coroner of the prison and strikes a deal with him that this fella, the next dead body, he's gonna get in the coffin with the bod- with the dead body, and the cor- and like this guy once has been like the funeral and the and the coffin's been buried, then the the guy will come in the morning and dig him out, and it, and he'll be he'll be free. Mm. And like, there's a big kind of like build up to it, and the guy's in the coffin, and he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's got a box of matches, and eventually he lights the match, and you see, it's the coroner in the coffin <gasps> with him, and it was really fucking like the setup and everything oh, is amazing, really dark. fucking chilling, really chilling. Dark. Like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, let's put that in. I, okay, uh, that so that a, and well, either of those nominations are great. I think Carrie's got to go. It's a great, great in. film. Right, Thank it's you. in. Dan, we went for a sort of clothing type top five. What was it exactly? It was hats. Le we, chapeau. I think we went for sartorial kind of style rather than uh, yeah, no uniform ha- no and helmets. hats and helmets and mm. things. So we're looking at hats. Do you wear a hat, Dan? Occasionally. Not not so much. Uh, I've got a couple. I like to dress up in a hat, you mm-hmm. know, but I don't often get occasion. No. No. Yourself? Mm. I have a little sort of summer fedora thing. It's a bit hipstery. No, you're right. It's all right. It's okay. Mm. And I like a baseball cap. I've got like three Obey baseball caps. Mm. I I think you need to be of a certain age Mm. to rock it. Like, Like young people wearing hats tend to look like cocks but certainly i certainly feel I, like age I appropriate actually, i recently so i recently employed a guy before i'd even interviewed him because i saw him through the window rock up in like a white blazer and like a man from del monte sort of like probably panama, panama type, so, yeah. and i was like this guy looks like he's got a million stories i need to work with him so yeah. i gave him the job before <laughs> he'd even set foot in the door based on his hat you, do you wear a hat no no do you, do you hat I do have more wintertime. I don't have a baseball cap or anything like that, but I was, I was, I wanted to wear a hat today because it was so fucking sunny and hot mm. and didn't really have anything appropriate. So yeah. I had to wear this kind of like, what they called? Newsboy caps. What you can go, not can go, but the brief yeah. thing. But that's hot though. No? Yeah, it was, but it kept the sun off me. So yeah. yeah I had to, mm. Would you like to start us off then, Dan, with a hat? With a hat. Okay. Sherlock Holmes hat. You know, you've got the deerstalker hat. Mm. It's one of those real character uniforms, if you like, in film. Anybody who wants to play Sherlock Holmes needs to don that hat at some time. And even if another person puts it on, then somebody says, oh, Sherlock Holmes. You know, so that's mine. And the the old one, the, when they did the Victorian era ones rather than the the more modern Sherlock's that we've got now with Benedict Can- Cumberbatch and, and the other guy with Jeremy Brett and those original mm-hmm. ITV ones. 
you proper know, proper, proper gear, proper um, costume, mm. all period stuff, and it was it was fantastic. Great hat. It is a strong hat. Yeah, beat that. So I'd really quick, just like to drop in a couple of hat facts before my each sort of hat nomination. Facts. First hat fact that I've got is the the world record for the tallest hat. It is a four point eight meter tall hat called the Stovepipe Behemoth, <laughs> oh. which which allegedly is is as tall as three Kelly Clarksons on top of each other. How how tall? Four point four point eight meters. Hopefully not wow. as heavy as four Kelly Clarkson's. No, no, no. So that's my first hat fact. And my first nomination is going to be, I'm just going to get the big one out there, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Celebrated a... paedophile Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, I, Why? I, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I believe an Outback Fedora it is. Well, I mean, it's a Herbert Johnson. Oh, is it? He's the Royal Hatter of England. Oh. It's in rabbit fur from Portugal, apparently. Nice. Christie's Poet uh, is basically the same block as that original hat. You can buy that for a mere £375. But you do have to install a turn on it and then bash it off centre. Of course you do. It's it's a hat that... It doesn't just sit on his head, you know. It becomes almost a character in its own right. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah the, when he reaches the, back for reaching it, reaching the door. Yeah. I think it, it flutters away at the end of Last Crusade, and he gets it again. And it's just, you know, it's an integral part of his look. Yeah, um, yeah. It's part of one of the things that bothers me about Last Crusade. What his hat? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Last Crusade's an excellent film. Yeah, it's really great. It's got a few hat is gonna have really hot German bird in it. It does have a hot German bird. It's got a few problems, but we can talk about that another time if you want. Uh odd job. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a bowler hat, which is does, are we still allowing this though, because it's not just This was functional and yeah. uh aesthetic. like he wore it a lot. Yeah, it's part of his outfit, his, it his, had his a uniform. Use. Yeah. It had a I don't know what we'd call it. Well, razor sharp rim. A razor sharp rim. So yeah. it's quite good at decapitating. Oh, have you had a razor sharp rim? <laughs> <laughs> this is Goldfinger, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. He uses it to decapitate a statue at the golf club, I think. And yeah. then later on, it does actually cause his demise when mm. Bond electrifies the... Yeah, the, 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 the little rim, yeah. In, in 1998, that hat... <laughs> hat fact! ...auctioned at Christie's... For sixty-two thousand pounds. Wow. wow. Okay. That's quite a lot. That is a lot of money for a hat. Yeah. Hats often. I hope somebody bought it and wore it. I don't think they would. Well, no, they no. got a throw it, it, it got auctioned they? again yeah. years later <laughs> for something like twenty-seven thousand, so it diminished in value. Ah. From all the wearing. Mm. Yeah. And the throwing. <laughs> Decapitations. I mean, we've talked now about some pretty iconic hats, haven't we? Yeah. Should we stop there then? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is maybe not such an iconic hat, but the shot of hats is fairly uh, well known. It's the end of the Prestige, where you've got the dozens and hundreds of uh, cloned yeah. hats. I just in keep the popping up, don't they, uh, in the forest? The results yeah. of the experiment that he's been doing with the Nikola Gorm Tesla, machine. the Goron yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah, just a great, great part of a, a really good one of my favourite Christopher Nolan movies, I think. Yeah, it's good. Barbers. You've got to take your hat off to him. A Crocodile Dundee is yeah. another similar kind of hat to our hero, Harrison Ford. Am I mistaken Jones. in thinking at some point he puts a hat over his penis? Yeah. Yeah, in the bar. It's, yeah. Um, when, um, Senor Mick. Yeah, Senor Mick. She was so hot. He married her. Did he? Yeah. He was so hot, she married him. Mm. Her. Yeah. So his hat's got 
crocodile teeth all sure over does. it, isn't it? And a little mm. sort of badge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it was... I'm not a massive fan of Crocodile Dundee films. Is that really? sacrilege? Yeah. Oh, my God. Crocodile Dundee 2 is one of those like rare sequels. It's better than the original. Yeah, mm. so they were yeah, they're, they're, all, they're, all, <laughs> they're all right. Oh, great. Yeah. Like, brilliant no one, at the time. No, it was one, can like, get, it was, no one can get a knife out without somebody else saying, yeah, exactly. like, you call that a knife. Knife like, spoon. Yeah, yeah. It was a hilarious thing where America had, like, suddenly discovered Australia. And, like, oh, look, <laughs> yeah. Australia. Look how cool Australians yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Next quick hat fact: the number of hats worn consecutively at one time. <laughs> Anyone care to guess what the world record is? So wearing yeah. hat on hat on hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not Johnny Two hats. It's one hundred and thirty-eight. No, it's not in triple figures, is it? It's not. Wow, thousand twelve hundred. No, 33. 20, I was going to say 21. 33, 33 is the record. St- uh, Stefan Cotton rubbish. wore 33 hats on the 7th of June, 2009. <laughs> he broke his own previous world record, which was 22 hats. So I think he, that's mostly about... Isn't exactly that the 33... Isn't that the record that we could do tonight? Like, that sounds pathetic. Well, we haven't got 33 hats, but I, we think, make I think we could break that. What's the criteria? Does it have to be 33 of the same just, hats? I don't know. You just balance... Skullcats, you know. Once you get beyond, get your the, yeah. once you get beyond the dozen hats, I think like in terms of balance, I saw a picture yeah, we'll of it get... actually. It kind of like went off at Just one angle practice, and, then, and then who's this guy? Stefan Cotton. Are We're coming for you. That... Is coming he not, for you, nothing Colin. to do with Holly uh, Cotton? Is he? No. No, no. Or Joseph, no, not at all. My next one is, I think, a very uh, famous hat. The one worn by the Wicked Witch of the West in 1939. Yeah. Wizards. It's a wizard's, not a wizard's, a witch's hat. And yeah, it's famous. It's the definitive classic witch's, witch's hat style yeah, vibe. Yeah. She, she's rocking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Margaret Hamilton. Yeah. yeah she got squashed by a house, though. No, that was her sister. Oh, is it? Yeah, her sister. The oh, Wicked Witch of the East got squashed by oh, a house. Oh, East Coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. She had the stripy socks and yeah. the ruby slippers. Pete and I are big fans of this franchise, mm. you two less so, but the sorting hat from Harry Potter. Mm. Yeah. They um, use it in the longest fucking ritual ever to determine <laughs> which, every new child in the school which house they're going to be in. So that must go on for hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're yeah. going to go into the evil house. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't he say? So doesn't he say at the end of the last film that if you get if it picks you for that house, you can just fuck that off anyway? Uh, no. What the hat says that? No, I think Harry's child. No, I think it's because when when Harry first puts the hat on, that you can hear the hat saying like maybe Slytherin because yeah. he senses obviously like the the darkness yeah. maybe within him, and <laughs> and and I think what Harry's saying to his kid in that horrible sequence at yeah. the very end of the film is like look. Just like, you know, be be honest and, and you can kind of just... Because he basically says, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, not yeah. Slytherin, and then and he ends up in... Uh, Gryffindor. Yeah. Braithwaite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm done. I've got a little trio of artsy berets for okay. you. The Truman Show is a really, really good oh, movie. Ed Harris? Oh, Ed Harris. Yeah, he does. Christoph, a, a, yeah. A beret. He's the sort of auteur creator. Same, the same director as Picnic at Hanging Rock. Is it? Yeah. I really love the Truman Show. It's great. It's, it's a fantastic movie, and and he sort of views Truman as this sort of weird mix of like a work of art and his actual son. So lots of interesting stuff going on there. In the Mighty Boosh, Jürgen Habermaster is a Danish <laughs> film director who wears a, a black beret. 
Uh, and Ned Flanders' dad. Oh, yeah. A filthy beatnik. And he used to bang out tunes on the drums while smoking marijuana and <laughs> wearing an artsy beret. I've, you don't see a beret in it, but in Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Johnny, Johnny Matrix, I can't John remember. Matrix, yeah. John Matrix. Says to a guy, I eat green berets for breakfast. Because <laughs> uh, uh, the, the guy he's fighting with is a green beret. The Three Amigos. This is some movie. Have you all seen this? Mm. Yes. Enjoy this. Martin Short. This is the one that I couldn't remember. I, I can't differentiate between that and City Slickers. Uh, okay, City Slickers is also on my list, actually. Uh, but this Three Amigos, Steve Martin. Steve yeah. Martin. Martin Short. Martin Short. Martin Chevy Short, Chase. Chevy Chase. And they turn up as actors um, thinking they're on for a big uh, scene and everything. And actually, they're really in a in a fight. Well, they've been hired, haven't they, yeah. to be the heavies to keep out a local gang, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't thought about this movie in a long time. It, Good it's really funny. Content. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's great. Well, they all turn up in sombreros at one stage as they do this kind of showdown with the, the bad guys, and they're dressed from head to toe in the most ridiculous yeah, yeah, sequins yeah. and sombreros and, and got singing that, like, and dancing. They, yeah, cross they've got their move. They've got thrust their groin. Yeah, yeah I can remember it now, yeah. Great hat stuff. Yeah. Another quick hat fact. Does anyone know how many pleats there are in a chef's hat? Two? Eight. David knows. David pleat. No, it's actually a lot more than that. Three. Four. A hundred. What? There are a hundred pleats in a chef's hat. I am shocked. That is... This is shocking (laughs) content. And I can tell you why. It's meant to be representative of the hundred or so recipes that a chef would would have for a particular food, most commonly eggs. There's meant to be a hundred different ways of cooking eggs. Boiled. It's it's meant to be like a status thing. So. By the time you get your chef's hat, it's a way of lording it over other people that you have this hat with all the pleats for all the recipes that you for have. all the eggs. Yeah. That is a, another hat fact. The Are we allowing caps? Yeah, I've got yeah. one. Share, okay. share your cap. I've got two caps, and I'm going to go with probably, I'm going to guess not the one side he's got, Captain and I'll America. go for the other one, which is the Detroit Tigers cap. Worn by Doughboy in Boys N the Hood, which, yeah, Ice Cube's pretty much got that cap on the entire way through the, the it's film. It's a cool hat. Fucking cool film. Yeah, just yeah, strong hat, strong film. I'll chuck a couple more caps in then while we're on the cap sub-genre. Wayne from Wayne's World yeah, has his own time. show's name on the front of his cap, which he wears throughout the movie. And Back to the Future 2... Yep features some futuristic clothing tech mm. some of which you can oh, the get so the stuff. air mag ones you can now self-lacing shoes are available here's holographic baseball cap mm. you can get on amazon for a mere 25 pounds nice should nice. you say that was wish. one other cap hmm. tallahassee in zombie land's got a pretty good cowboy hat that he pretty much never takes off you got to talk about the sorcerer's apprentice really Fantasia. He's, it's a particularly decent wizard's hat. Probably not to be messed around with. Can can cause catastrophes. The leopard shoe hat in Brazil. Anybody remember that? It's like a, sh- uh, a hat that's a shoe and it's made out of leopard print. It's actually a combination of two iconic hats that existed in the world, which one was a shoe hat and one was this like leopard print thing. I read an article on it today. It was really interesting. And are you aware of the commissar hat or commissar cap? It's a sort of large 
high-peaked thing worn by, like, a Colonel Gaddafi or somebody like that, you know, those Banana Republic dictators with those big uh, okay. ceremonial hats. M. Bison, played oh, by yeah. Raul Jr., yeah. had one in Street Fighter. <laughs> and, he, and he turned out to have a private hat rack with several variations on it next to, next to paintings of himself. Um, M. Bison was tough to be Yeah, honest, yeah. yeah. He was the you. big... Big guy, yeah, was like come the, at you from all angles. Embusted. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so after after the three amigos, Charlie Chaplin yeah. is next on my list mm. with his bowler hat, and he would use that in various scenes and things to to make people laugh, and and as part of his his show. I mean, it was this stuff is, he could do though, moving yeah, it around his, his body was that's amazing. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. This was him as the tramp, right? Yeah. Character. Yep. So I've got a question for you. And hat facts might know mm. what's the difference between a derby or derby and a bowler hat. I did see this today. Hang okay. on, because they look pretty much the same they to do. me. Yeah, is it the 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 trim or the rim? maybe one slightly higher? I don't know. Right. Oh no! Well, this thing I've got here says they're the same thing. A right. rounded felt hat, commonly worn from the 1850s yeah. to the mid 1900s. Obviously, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're a big fan of this one, as is odd job. It's, it's a strange hat. It's a comedy hat kind of thing, isn't it? Because it, it's the roundness, and you've yeah. got Laurel and Hardy, and you've got Charlie Chaplin that have all worn these hats for comical effect or that you know image of of somebody who's got. Uh, I mean, even like a, a Mr. Man book, I think they have that yeah. same mm. kind of mm. hat on certain characters, don't they? Yeah. I think Mr. Grumpy or something has got one. Yeah, maybe. Mr. <laughs> Topsy Turvy's hat's upside down. Yes. Yeah. Could be yeah. Yeah. What a dick. I've got a so, very quick quiz question. Where does the Panama hat come from? The canal? Any advance on... Oh, okay. The country Panama. Daniel? Uh, Mexico. Ah, it's from Ecuador. Yeah, Ecuador. Ecuador so, 1-0 yeah. to me. So, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm out of big ones. The Like, the fedora hat seems to feature quite heavily. Mm. Freddy Krueger, I think, wears yeah, a sure fedora does. hat. The Blues Brothers. Fuck also, Sadie's a big fan. Well, and in, in the Adjustment Bureau, anybody seen that one? Yeah, no? Damon, that the fedora is the thing that allows them to move between uh, reality. In The Wire, actually, they're, they're putting a red hat on oh, they each are, yeah. Of yeah that's the, the people that's his that way of like highlighting be, who we mm, need they yeah. need to pay attention to isn't it yeah 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 i don't know what type of hat is that dan that it was too far away for me oh, to see it was red though haven't done your is research bucket hat? i don't know i know it's it like a pimp thing yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a smart hat because yeah. we needed to get him to to try it on there was another hat scene that i remembered actually from a film gene hackman was in i think it was the conversation i'm not 100 percent sure he's playing gene a hatman. gene hatman <laughs> like it i think he played with anne hathaway they're all coming out now but uh, he wore it so when he went into a store the surveillance cameras wouldn't see his face okay and that's why he was always in a hat. He has a strong hat game in The French Connection too. Yeah. Mm. As Popeye Port Doyle. Popeye. Doyle. Is it yeah, a pork pie? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. There's Rockers. Have you ever seen that? The no. legendary the wrestling. wrestlers. Tag team. No. Shawn Michaels the, uh, and Mike Jannetty. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember rass, when he, <laughs> on um, Brutus the Barber... <laughs> Uh, Beef beefcake. Beefcake. Yeah. They had he had the he had his like show that he did and uh, Shawn Michaels sweet chin music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Janetti through the window. 
It was like this massive. Well, don't forget, we've got Sergeant Slaughter as a big fan. So yeah, that's true. He followed wow. us on Twitter. What? Yeah, the actual Sergeant. Yeah, he follows Slaughter. us. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. I know. Can we not get him on? Well, I did tweet him, and I think he like liked the tweet or something. You need to oh. pull the stops out there. Uh, I've only got um, a couple more on my list. Woody from Toy Story, cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. He loses it in. He's it's very remiss of him in uh, Toy Story three, and then finds it again later. And the Willy Wonka as well, the top hat from the original one, not that like an orangey kind of colours. Yeah, it's like I had that one. It's like that in brown. Yeah, that one only fetched twenty seven thousand dollars at auction, so fell, fell short of odd job. I've only got one more, and that's going to be my pick for the top. Oh, okay, okay. some more top hats for you. Then the cat in a hat mm. wears a top hat. I've it's not a, seen it. It's a kind of thin but tall top hat. Red and white stripes. Mike Myers. Yeah. Mike Myers. Weather, I've seen the yeah. hat, but I haven't seen the film. Is it wank? It seems yeah. like it will be. Yeah, it yeah. is. Like the Dr. Grid. Zeus. I think he's a fucking Lunatic. cunt. Yeah. Well, yeah, go with yours. Another top hat would be the, um, the Mad Hatter. Yes. It's, according to Lewis Harrell, was of the 10... Harrell? Lewis Carroll. I thought you said Lewis Harrell. Lewis Harrell. It was of the 10 and 6 style. So it's got this label in it, mm. which says... I don't know if it's supposed to be the price or it's just this weird thing that Lewis Harrell said, but it's cool. The I'm talking about the animated Do you know where the, the um, saying as mad as a hatter comes from? Mercury that made, made, mm. made the hats e- Exactly right. I can yeah. see you're a, a hat fact guy as well. That's, yeah. that's quite correct. A hat fanatic. It seemed a sort <laughs> of weird way it, to make it, a hat. Expand on that. that was so the in, in the process of, you, of, of making the hats, the, the felt, there was chemicals used that obviously were poisonous. And I think it... it, it it gave people like early onset dementia or something. And, and then that, that's why they said, so a lot of people who are hatters ended up mad because of. It, they, the they had a similar story with the tritium in watches where they made the, the lumens. It was all radioactive and they had to change it in the end. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. I was waiting for a man. No, yeah, yeah. So I was uh, waiting. It's definitely an opportunity. It's something coming. He's cooking yeah, something up. Another top hat. Sorry, another bowler well, I've hat. Got a top hat though. If you're because you were just talking yeah, go on, about then, go on. the fat controller. Oh yeah, and his name oh. was actually Sir Topham Hat. Oh, that's good. Wow. Yeah. Wow, oh, that's isn't there's a woman called Dowager Hat in to him Thomas the Dow- tank engine. Dowager, Dowager hat. hat. Yeah, that's the wow. character's we- name. We haven't had many women in hats here. Um, no, I've got, Rich of the West. I've got I've got Mary Poppins. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's a good bonnet, one. like a bonnet kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Queen yeah. Amidala from Star Wars well, had, had a lot quite of quite a stuff. Amidala of the Naboo. What yeah. was that listener suggestion? That the prequels are better than the sequels. No, <laughs> no that's well, yeah, not... that's true. Listener suggestions. We had a whole stack of listener suggestions. But we should save it for next week. But it was just that one that was absolutely amazing from the Sleeper Wire guys. Oh yeah. Um, hang on. That person uh, had like basically an entire city on their head. I, did you did you get some hat research done for this thing? Because you got all these. There's so many different types. I, of hats, I've still got a million it? on my list. The, the sleeper yeah. wire nomination was Beach Blanket Babylon, which fucking incredible. And you should really Google that because the or look at it on our Twitter feed because this hat, it's an entire city. Like on amazing. this woman's head, so you should definitely check that out. It's not 33 hats on top of each other though. No. That is beatable. I think we could take that for I sure. Want, I want to revisit that. We will I've, try that. What else have you got hat wise? Because there's so many. Yeah, what I've about the s- mortarboard hats? The old school. Well, like Dead Poet Society. Maybe yeah. you could have that. I've got another bowler hat slash derby, which is Alex Delarge from um, A Clockwork Orange, which is a very yeah. iconic mm. um, outfit. 
Audrey Hepburn's hat in My Fair Lady is really something, but I haven't actually seen the film. So I've seen the film and it, it is an impressive hat. Then Hayley Steinfeld in True Grit, she played Maddie mm. Ross. Oh, yeah. She wore the classic unshaped Boss of the Plains hat style. You can... Is that not more a bonnet? No, if you see it, it's like it's, it's quite <laughs> smart. Looking. Off. You don't know what you're you don't know on it. Stetson offered this hat. It's called the o- the Austral. It's made out of American buffalo flair. Yours for one hundred and forty dollars. All right. Um, I've got loads of these. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. just Tom Tom Selleck in Quigley Down Under. I've not seen it. He has a massive, almost novelty-sized hat. It has a tall center crease. Block high rolled side brim, dipped front and back. Big, big sort of cowboy hat vibe. Last Best West offers this big hat in varying beaver qualities. Right. Yours starting at $310. And that's for your lowest quality beaver? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You don't want low quality beaver. You don't want low quality beaver. No, you're going to have the, I mean, obviously, even the, the low quality beaver is good quality beaver. But I hope so for three hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm only interested interesting. in good quality. And then we got Paul Newman as um, Butch Cassidy, and yeah, and, yeah, and also Russell Crowe in Three Ten to Yuma. Yeah, mm. Seen it? Yeah, I mean, there's we've got uh, the man with no name up there. You know, on the record, you can see the good, the bad, the ugly, fistful of dollars, few dollars more. Kind of classic western. Classic the western. Hat. The trilby, maybe that a Sinatra would wear in Guys and Dolls, and and that kind of thing, where he played alongside Marlon Brando. Gone with the wind. Loads of bonnets and hats in that. Mm. Errol Flynn. His one oh, that yeah, he wore that's a good for one. Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. That's a real kind of iconic one as well because it, it, tri peaks. Yeah, it's it's a with a it's feather hard in. It's to and, look cool wearing that. He hat, didn't. He, he didn't, didn't look did, cool. You know. And and with <laughs> with you know those leotard kind of bottoms that they had him wearing as well. It wasn't a great look, but no. Errol Flynn, yeah. you know, massive cock, didn't he? Apparently so. Yeah, yeah. had a massive cock. Yeah. It, um, the straw hat that you get with this sort of generic Asian hat. Basically, oh, like um, oh, big right. trouble in Little China. Like co- I think the, the three henchmen have the got conical it. The conical kind yeah. of Asian hats as well. Uh, um, Sam Raimi's conical. Dark Man. It's kind of like a superhero comic book thing, but it's based on an original short story that Raimi wrote himself. And he's got this sort of cool mask, coat, and fedora hat com- combo, and this sort of gruesome replacement skin. That's a long story. And the dunce hat is a is a good hat. I mostly think of it now in Iron Man 3. He puts it on one of the robot arms and he calls it, I think it's Dummy. In Bad Taste, which is the Peter Jackson brain dead movie where Derek falls off a cliff, that's uh, Peter Jackson himself, fractures his skull and uh, to keep it together, he sort of stumbles back to his car and he puts on a hat um, Hmm. to sort of keep his brain in. Which which works. Which Hats are great for things like that, aren't they? Yeah, very, yeah, very useful. Keeping your, your, like your brain <laughs> yeah. in. There were so many hats we could have talked about. Yeah. You know, Major Kong from Doctor Strangelove, who puts it on his cowboy hat on when he sits on the bomb. The villain rose the hat in Doctor Sleep. But the last one I was going to say, and my nomination, is Miller's Crossing, which is the Coen Brothers Prohibition era gangster movie. And it's an absolute hat orgy. Yeah. Um, slow-mo hats rolling on the floor don't you everywhere the opening sequences of a fedora being blown off into fallen leaves Hmm. in the forest Gabriel Byrne you seen this movie no (gasps) oh Oh, yes I have yes yes I have yeah Yeah. do you seen this one well get on it I won't say too much about it Gabriel Byrne this is his absolute best ever role he's the sort of right hand man to a prohibition era crime Mm. boss who's Albert Finney and then he's sort of having to play both sides with John Polito's Johnny Caspar who's like a rival 
gangster and and there's all sorts of double crosses and bluffs and Clever fancy talk and, yeah. and and then it's there's everybody's wearing a hat all the time and then the hat is actually like a really sort of big thematic thing in the movie and it you know there's lots of stuff online about what gabriel burns hat represents because of what happens in it really yeah have a look at that one it's a great hat one that's heavy. my nomination yeah that's your nomination mm. Mm, right, okay i'm going sherlock Okay, I've got one more hat. One last hat fact: the most expensive hat ever, or has been valued as the most expensive hat ever, is the one worn by the Pope. It is called the Pope's tiara. It's like massive piece of headwear with like tiara. It's called a Pope. It's called a tiara, but it's 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 the hat that he wears with, and it's got like things that go down his back, and it's all like bejeweled and so on. And it is valued at over ten million dollars. But and what? And you can buy that on eBay yeah, or uh, yeah, and on Amazon, yeah. yeah. And so American this, dollars. Yes, yeah. this won't be. This won't actually be my nomination. I don't think there is a, a hat worn by the Academy Award-winning act, Irish actress Brenda Fricker. Anyone right. know her? No. She got the uh, Best Supporting Actress from My Left Foot, but she also wears a hat as the Pigeon Lady in Home Alone 2, <laughs> um, which is it's covered in pigeon shit. In an interesting twist of fate and life-imitating art, in an interview last year, she was asked about Christmas and said that she, Christmas is a very incredibly lonely time for mm. her. She lives alone. She's 76 now. And she doesn't really like it, which is kind of like what her character is all about in, in Home Alone 2. And she gets through Christmas by recording and then watching TV programs and talking to her dog, which is really sad. But my, my uh, yeah, I've got, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Wicked Witch of the West. Nice. Good choice. I don't know if you'll allow this one. John Rhys Davis plays someone in Indiana Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he wears Salah. A f- he, yes. Bad date. Yeah, he wears a, yeah. He wears a, f- a fez. Oh, well, yeah. Fez yeah, he does, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's mine now. I love a fez. That's going in. Yeah, yeah, good fez. All right, so I've done Miller's Crossing. You've done what? So it's Miller's Crossing. Sherlock. Sherlock. Wicked Witch of the West. And whatever it was. Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah. It is fez, yeah. Return of the cheese. Return of the cheese. <laughs> yeah, mac and cheese. Okie dokie. Tell us what's going down, cheese-wise. Okay, in Cheese Corner here today, we have... It's a triumphant return, I think. Your subscription had run out. Yeah. So we have decided to... To re our Wait own. Wait well, I've, I've had one bite and the rest of it went in the bin. Yeah, well, what I will say, probably the most disappointing cheese we've had so far is the Richard the Third Wensley. I'm not a Wensleydale fan. I would never buy that. I would never opt for anything. Name of it, Richard the Third. Are you joking? It's old, no. isn't it? Yeah. Oh. No, not not joking. So I don't, when, it's not ideal cheese conditions tonight, is it? Really? Either it's, Ooh, it's not. The, the, Wens, the Wensleydale has has suffered as a consequence of the climate, but yeah, so it, have it, your it, shorts it, by the look of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've worn the the clothing that I thought I could like wear the least of without being arrested. Sorry about that. Yeah, so we'll we'll skip past the Wensleydale and onto which is it came about as a way to use surplus cream by adding it to the milk before making the cheese. Once ripe, the cheese becomes soft and gloriously runny. This one's a, a hit. I think. Tentation means temptation, doesn't it? So it Sounds means that way, yeah. The little temptation, and uh, it recommends it to be scooped up with crusty baguette, but we've got crackers. It's fucking good, that one. It's it is really, really, really strong. It's yeah. not going to last long. We're going to eat it yeah. all. Then there's a Fougerou Le Cru. 
which is, is very common berry, nice and uh, strong. It's a soft cheese with a supple texture, sweet and savoury notes with a full finish. And it is adorned with a fern leaf, and the earthiness of which blends with the natural aroma of the cheese. It's another hit. Yeah, it's Jason. extensive cheese notes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, really? These are, yeah. I mean, I could it's go the into even you more get with detail. A, with a subscription, this is the kind of, you know, the benefits you get. Deep research. Indeed. The next one, I think tonight's winner, is a Meredith marinated goat's cheese. I've never had a marinated goat's cheese before. No. Is anyone else? No. no. no is that is, what's in the pot? That yeah, is what's there. in the pot. I, I had to use a spoon to extract it from, from the pot. It's like some sort of experiment, isn't it? Because for the, the listeners can't see it, obviously, it's like suspended in a kind of liquid in a glass mm. jar. It like, looks like formaldehyde. Maybe. Like, yeah, it looks like feta. Well, goat's cheese would be very yeah, crumbly like a, and therefore very porous. So mm. the oil is obviously getting into it's the cheese and it. making it more, even more. I, I guess for the for the listeners, it's to describe it. It's like a a, a, a cheesy lava lamp. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of what it's like. It's a soft and velvety fresh cheese marinated in olive oil with thyme, garlic, and peppercorns. And yeah, it's from Australia, but we're not holding it against that. No, against it's, it. it's garlic dominant. That one, mm. but it is good. Yeah, it is mm. good. It's real good. Yeah. Which all of that segues very nicely into this week's movie, Dan, which you. Seamless. Yeah, yeah, selected for us. What is it? It's called The Dig. And I chose it because it seemed far from what we've seen recently, actually. This was a this was a film that wasn't gonna be filled with action or or different kinds of dig- thriller, who done it kind of thing. This there was some digging action. So there's yeah. lots of rain and tarpaulin in this and might not be everybody's cup of tea. But Netflix, you can go down and watch it. Ralph Fiennes in it, a, a fantastic performance by him, in my opinion, straight off the bat. But it's based on a true story, which, again, I, interested me. And I didn't know anything about this. It's archaeological. Well, I was going to ask you that, because obviously you were probably just in your most... <laughs> I, was, I was just left university. <laughs> it, it's set in 1939. Isn't yeah. it? And Edith Pretty is a Suffolk, a sort of wealthy Suffolk landowner. Yeah. And she hires Basil Brush. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, every time. Boom, Basil Brown. Boom, boom. But Basil Brush every time, I just thought. To, to, to come and excavate her mounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've just had a major spillage. There's beer up people's nose. Peter Andre is really struggling here. I've never, um, I've never seen anyone do that in real life he's before. He just spat beer all over me. I don't know the rest of you. I, I hope it's come from his mouth or his, or his nose. But yes, he, he wanted to convey the mounds, the large burial mounds, yeah, on she, a rural estate in Sutton Hoo. She has a suspicion that there may be something of interest in these mounds. And when you look at it on the thing, like, well, of course, there's, there's like three clearly fucking, like, out of the ordinary fucking Lumps burial in things. the middle like, of there a has field. to be something in there. In the li- mm. middle of a... F- I uh, mean, unless it's like a tractor or something, but I mean, they were shaped like a boat. Yeah. I don't know, to me, you just think, well, yeah, why, is it, why hadn't it been done already? That's what I couldn't figure out. Yeah. Well, it hadn't been done, and no. she was obsessed, really, almost, with the idea that there was something down there, and she finds she's had an interest in archaeology ever since she was young. She did go to university. She was going to go to university, but she wasn't allowed, and so she gets her backstory described over just, like, one or two lines, but it's very sad, like a lot of stuff yeah. in this. It was her father. She had, uh, to, she had to take care of him through an illness. She only got married after he died. You know, it's just a couple of lines, but it just adds a bit of texture to her character. 
Did, did you at some point in in this film think there was going to be a love interest between... I always thought it had been unrequited. What, yeah. between Basil Brush and... Yeah. My missus said that, and I... The film tried to, to tease with the idea I, I think it was stage. suggesting that there could have been, and he certainly... He uh, wasn't in love with her, but there was a connection there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I'm think it was sure. ever anything ever going to be more than I that. I think it was a kind of intellectual attraction that they were both... Yeah, like this shared interest and this fascination about what they'd found. She looked after him as well, though. She wasn't going to leave him. I, th- I yeah. thought there was a bit of a nod to it when, like, later on, his wife um, sort of came to say, and he'd not been reading any of the letters yeah. that that she'd been yeah. writing by the sounds of things every day. Mm. So I thought it was because his, well, you uh, wouldn't read them, would you? You'd be like, fucking leave it. Up for yeah. Me. Interestingly, what's though, happened the, today? That didn't the, happen yesterday. Yeah. Well, the, 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 obviously these are all real. Majority of them are real characters, and, and Edith Pretty would was in real life about the same age as yeah. Basil Brush. Mm. And but the obviously it's Edith Pretty's played by Kerry Mulligan. Mulligan. Looking totally different to promising when we saw him promising young woman and Sir Basil Brush's my mate Ralph Fiennes. Uh, yeah. Did I tell you about when I met him in, in Dean Street Town? <laughs> when I say met him, he was having like lunch behind me, but mm. that was. Uh, it's got to cool. be said, he is absolutely brilliant. Oh, he yes, he's such Basil a good actor. Brush, yeah. he? he, it was like a transformative yeah. performance. Yeah. Like you almost don't recognise him because he's so much the mannerisms of this sort of humble Suffolk. Yeah. But he he plays that character so well. He's like. He is humble and and you know he but and it's sort of like you know he's got this this interest which is a passion mm. rather than you know he's never made any Formal money out education of it yeah yeah or it's, like that, it's yeah. a passion but he's also very kind of crotchety and set in his ways you see him like when it when he gets some like bad news or something he has that sort of like he spits on the floor and he's like and lights his pipe up and that he's a, he's a little bit cranky but he plays that plays that part really really well he knows where he sits this is very classist yeah and he knows exactly where he sits on that rung as well yeah yeah Mm. and and so he he gets to work to excavate these mounds and not before they've had a little confrontation about the money so it's not yes no there's a little bit of pushback um but again like he's he's very like setting his way he's like two pound a week that's that's what he's going to work for he doesn't even say that it's like whatever she offers is not enough and it's just shy of two pound a week yeah and then eventually, when he, when he gets the the offer from the you know the driver or the butler or whatever drives out to catch him on his bike and says, "Look, she'll go to two pound a week." He's like, "I'll tell her I'll start Monday then." So mm-hmm. that's what he he's not doing it for any less than that, yeah. regardless of it. And you know, he he could have that that offer might not have come, and he could have just carried on cycling off, and maybe that like mm-hmm. mount wasn't ever going to be excavated, but. Well, the war is, you know, this is mm. on the on the cusp of war yeah. as well. So well, that's always that's in the, the background, isn't it? And at first it's just a, a plane, the odd plane, but it starts to ramp up in intensity a, a, a over little the bit. At, one, the at one point, I think the plane's going to come down crashing into mm. the field, yeah. and but it's not. It's uh, It goes into the river in behind. There's another kind of love interest with the archaeologists that come in eventually to, to start helping, but... Before then, anyway, Brown is astonished to uncover iron rivets from a ship, suggesting it's the burial site of someone of tremendous distinction, such as a king. And then this prominent local archaeologist, James... (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Archaeologist. He attempts to join the the dig, somebody else, and he he gets Well, you get all these hangers-on start turning up, don't they? Once they realise that they might have discovered something exciting, a whole bunch of arseholes turn up, the Ipswich... 
museum guy. He's yeah. a dick, and he wants to claim yeah. it all. The fucking because the British museum get involved from the British museum yeah. as well. Yeah, and uh, they all tell they, they, they and they want to. They just want to get Brown out. He's like this guy who left school Don't when he was all. twelve. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> name of your sex thing. Um, and, um, <laughs> it's really bad. They're just trying to push him out, and she backs him. She's like, "No, he has to stay." Basil Brush has to be here. Boom, boom. He's going to sort it out. <laughs> mm. Yeah. First, they don't believe that he that it's. Well, at one point, he actually gets buried in the. Well, when oh, does that? Yeah, I was about yeah, to say yeah, is yeah. that happens quite early on. That's before it? all the, the the cool cats get involved. Yeah, so he, he gets, gets buried. He gets entombed uh, in mm. there, and they have to dig him out just in time because it, he, you know before he suffocates. So mm. she's had this experience with him. She's obviously on her own. He starts to have form a bit of a connection with her son. Yeah, yeah, well, she's widowed, and the son yeah. is desperately looking for a father figure. Yeah. And he's yeah. a real chatty lad, isn't he? And I think he's a precocious little fucker, isn't yeah. he? But <laughs> yeah. he's obviously, you know, trying to find the way to be the man of the house at like nine years old or something. Because yeah. she is, uh, she's not well. She's not well. She's yes, not so. well. So she doesn't have the energy to look after him, and him running around with Basil on the archaeological dig and not getting under his feet. And his patience with the the lad goes a long way with her mm. and, and strengthens their relationship, really. And that probably is one of the reasons that she wants him to stick around when, as you say, Ipswich Museum want to get involved and a famous Cambridge archaeologist, Charles Philip, arrives and declares the site to be of national importance mm. and takes over they, they by find, um... order of the... It's a gold coin, guns. isn't it, that establishes that it's from yeah. Anglo-Saxon. Anglo-Saxon. And so that, that creates a, its massive significance. Well, and, it, it, they, they now it's, they're saying it's the 6th century, didn't they? Yeah. That's yeah. mental, isn't it? That is old. That is old. Yes. Mm. It's, yeah, it's and like, the geography of this... Of it wasn't, it wasn't that, even <laughs> before my time. Even before my time. And and the geography of this is interesting as well, because this what they have discovered, obviously, I don't know if we've made it clear, have we? But it's We the, haven't at the moment. It's a ship. It's a ship, yeah. But it's a, a ship, they thought it was going to be Viking, but it's an Anglo-Saxon ship. And to be yeah. where it is, which is... Like, I didn't inland. quite catch this, but it's it's inland yeah. up from a well, river about yeah. how far? Did I'm not sure. It's get not that, that far because obviously the plane comes down in in waters not that like which is run yeah. from it, and and at one point Basil Brush goes and like washes his hands yeah. in the water. So it's obviously. It's but like, they would have had to have, a, a like in the said, to get a ship from, you know, we're exactly. talking, probably talking hundreds of metres, hundreds and hundreds of metres yes. at least, like from, you don't see any water around the site. So And, and like Basil Brush says, they would have put logs down and tried to haul it up. You yeah. Know, I mean, it would have been a feat. So, so we yeah. know this guy that's here is of real historical significance because we've discovered him 1500 years or whatever later. He, he explains that to the boy, doesn't he? On on the mound, he says he's, he's, he wouldn't have just been for anyone. You know, mm. they they've done this it's 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 got to be somebody pretty mm. important for them to have put those big logs on and pushed it all up and what a sight it would have been and, and he's you feel really got this, this significance as yeah. the viewer don't yeah. you now of definitely this, what's yeah. going on here you yeah and, and it's it's you know you, you're obviously you root even though he's 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 a cranky old so-and-so you can't you're rooting for basil and and you, you know you what you see obviously Edith's like illness this this sort of like the only bits that are really away from the 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 site and the house are when she travels to have these like 
tests and stuff well, she done goes where to see a specialist, it's, it's revealed she? that she's got or well, she's got a long-term illness as a, res, as a, a heart, result of it's yeah. not heartburn which is what she always says yeah um, to anybody that will mm. listen when she's having episodes at home but it's a serious heart problem which isn't going to get better yeah no. and the specialist in london had said you know as much that that's the the situation so she's got it in the back of her mind as well who's going to look after my son mm. yeah. and also i would like to see what is excavated here because it's a promise my husband yeah. and I had, had made, made yeah. to each other. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. all this is bubbling in yeah. in the background. So you I get mean, a- the, the first, the first. So obviously, people come and they they want to take it. They're taking an interest in this as as it kind of like ramps up to to what we find out is like a you know a historical significance. I think it's her, is it her cousin that she brings in at first? Rory, yeah. Rory Lomax mm. gets brought in. He looked exactly. He did look exactly like the type of kid who went to boarding school. I thought. I mean, he was cast perfectly. This mm. guy. Um, I've never heard of him, Johnny Flynn. Yeah, but he is good. the half brother of Jerome Flynn. Oh, oh right. okay. Yeah. Well, he, he's, he's good. Bron, so Bron of the Blackwater okay, from yeah, yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones. So, I was thinking Robson and Jerome. Yeah, that's yeah, him. same guy. Yeah. yeah. He, he, uh, he kind of comes in just before these other archaeologists. He learns mm. a bit, a few tricks of the trade, knows uh, his way around that site from he's learning also from Basil. Sort of, he's sort of documenting the experience yeah, he of it is. as he's, well. Isn't he's he? taking he's, the pictures. He, he, there's, there's actually part of, like there's there was a bit of, I don't know like I'm not jumping to the end, but there was controversy about that because the it was like two women who took the pictures and they're given absolutely no credit mm. in this sort of film and and the book adaptation at all so there was a little bit of yeah i did wonder about the historical accuracy of all this and maybe, yeah. maybe we can get to that yeah at the end there is a larger team that comes in you peggy piggott and her husband that's phillips isn't it Stuart? Yeah. Ben he's Chapman. a closeted Ben Chaplin. What was the program? Stuart Piggott. Game on. Game on. Game on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, yeah, I was yeah, struggling yeah, yeah. to remember that. Anyway, he's he's a closeted homosexual, and they're there. It, the implication was that they'd come off their honeymoon, yeah. yeah, to come and do this. And she's desperate, and she's fit as well. Yeah, and she's desperate to to bang him, and yeah. he's just like <laughs> he he's makes making any excuse, any excuse. Yeah. any excuse to get away, and yeah. then flirting with. Braille, another Braille, archaeologist, or Braille House, or something. Probably got more and, and at first, I was angry about the fact that you know, oh, he's going off with this other guy, and she's—they've just got married, and what a lie! And then you're like, but oh god, it's just so sad that they live in that world that you know they can't be themselves and express it. Everything is drenched in fucking sadness in this movie, and there are sparks of well, of, I, of I wrote down and tarpaulin hope, but... and rain because it, it sometimes there was just hmm. more tarpaulin every time it rained. He yeah. would be pulling this over, covered in in mud and rainwater and and the sludge and everything. And they had kind of a gypsy caravan at the side of yeah. the the site where they would huddle in yeah. a bit of shelter to to stay out the worst of the weather. And so there was a few scenes in there. And it's a slow pace of film. This wasn't a, a film that had a lot. There was. A few layers and and things in it, like the plane that didn't come down, and like the the relationship between the archaeologist's uh, wife yeah, you, and, you know... They try and not sex it up, but if it was literally just about the digging... It, it wouldn't struggle, be enough, But then no. you get these other sort of character I did enjoy the digging stuff. I did though, as well, but I, I think... I say. It's um, not going to draw a huge audience if it's The most interesting that. part of it was the what they're finding, yeah. how they found it, how they're... You know, like the the oh, fact that Tony that Robinson time immediately thing. says it's Anglo-Saxon, but the other guy's like, "Oh, what you're talking about is Viking," and they're supposed to be the experts. And yeah. eventually, they, you know, like I think Basel. that was nice, wasn't it? That yeah. you've got this every 
everyday man who hasn't got the formal education but is always uh, confesses always to have a thirst for knowledge and wanted yeah. to learn wanted to read he's written a book about the stars for every for the everyday man isn't yeah. he so they can relate to the the cosmos and he likes looking up at, at, at that and he's promised that to the young lad who at one point runs to his house runs away from home mm. because he's upset after seeing mum being ill i think it he was he says to him it's really amazing and i think it's really one of the themes of the films he says from the first human handprint on a cave wall we're part of something continuous so we don't really die that's what he says to the yeah. little boy and it's he delivers it a lot better than mm. i do because he's like an oscar winning actress <laughs> yeah. um yeah well, not much just, better considering that you know well, i mean thanks man thank yeah. you but yeah so it's yeah how does it wind up i mean obviously peggy ends up going off with the cousin but they that's never that does get consummated doesn't it yeah, but he, then he time. just ends up going off to war so yeah. he's probably dead well i think i think the 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 plane because the, the plane does crash but it crashes in the water and it's mm. that rory who goes to mm. try and rescue the pilot doesn't make it the pilot dies and then not long after that he's been sort of you know he's drafted up to, to the, the yeah to, to the to the air force and i think they say there's a reference to you know, if you want to sort of sign up for your death, join the air force or something. That's it's, right. It's, the twenty it's, minutes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- that that's kind of in there as a device to show that this like love that they've just found is is probably you know well, going to go snatched anywhere. Snatched away from them, isn't yeah, it? He's um, going to go splat at some point in the near future when the war kicks off. And it, then there's an inquest going on as well, isn't there, to determine now who owns what they found, which is a burial chamber on the ship. Yeah. With lots of cool shit yeah, in it, actually. Yeah, Phillips wants to cart it all off to the to the British Museum, mm. but then she's like, Edith knows her stuff, and she's she's very, without being, you know, she's she's very she's quite weak, and obviously she's, you know, uh, she's like Physi- a, a single mother. Yeah, yeah, physically weak, and she's, you know, struggling, and she's a, you know, a single mother, and, and she's got this kind of, like, burden. It, it, it's like, you know, it's a bit of a labour of love for her, but... She puts this guy in his place. She's informed. She's like, "Well, hang on, aren't they moving all the artifacts into the into oh, the London underground?" Because, mm. You know, she she's very well educated. And in informed. real life, actually, she she was a, a decent archaeologist, a, a, certainly a, a good is- amateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't just some uh, lady who knew nothing about it. Right, she did okay. have some kind of background, but not to undertake a dig like this. Same as Basil, you know. I mean. They would, she would have known there's something under there. Husband had talked about it, what it yeah. is, you know, and and the importance. Obviously, they didn't know. You know, my parents strongly discouraged a career in archaeology for me. They said there's no future in it. You know, I I, I decided they're probably right and didn't go for it. And but you know, the we archaeologists discoveries and in this as well you know we we find out that ancient people love drinking from broken cups that was one <laughs> yeah, of the that is true the yeah. one of the the big and they've got all anyway they when they hit the the mother load yeah that's it after that they get in a gold put it out cover it up and yeah. you know he has his final week where he's got to tidy up basically the site because yeah, at first he's he's told to, to sling his hook basil isn't he by the british museum and mm. then he goes off, they get him back and then they ma- he makes it like, there's obviously, you don't see it off screen, there's a conversation that obviously goes on between Phillips and Edith where Phillips then says, oh look, I was a bit hasty, you can be like the like the foreman of the site, you, you just mm. keep it in order, mm. but you're not allowed to go in there without anyone's permit. He basically can't do all the, the fun stuff that he's been mm. wanting to do, which is the, the discovery of everything. Mm. Yeah, Edith ends up 
deciding to to actually donate it to the British Museum. Yes. And so then, like you say, the final sort of scenes is them covering it up with mud to protect it. Once that was again. mad, wasn't it? I mean, I guess, you know, obviously war was just about to start and yeah. that's going on over the course of the movie. And the, at the end, they just fucking buried it again. Yeah, but I, th- I think the real kind of like, interest was in the, the treasure that was in like in the well, it's become a tomb, hasn't it? Because it's mm. uh, and so they leave the the boat because they're not going to dig that up before, and it'll probably fall but apart. But it was sand, effectively. It just disintegrated, yeah. isn't it? It was just like a dark. Mm. They at one point, right at the beginning, they they're trying to lift Some, this plank, yeah. and it it just disintegrates, and he's. Yeah. He, he he always suspects that this is older than everybody else, and, yeah. and he's proven right. Yeah. Um. It, there's some stuff about ensuring that he gets credit for the discovery because really, it, you know, that's a lot part of, of it the deal. Down to Basil Brush's expertise and mm. passion in making this happen, which is a, is a lovely story. But it's really actually only recently. It was only very recently that Brown was given full credit and his name was displayed now in the British Museum. But up until then, they just ignored his contribution. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess that, that happens when and there's then, people who aren't of any significance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the odds were stacked against him. A little bit like Ayatonia, I guess, in that way yeah. that the elite, they didn't want him. What happened with the kid? And the, how did that play out with her and the kids? Anyone she, remember? She died, but that was... She died about later. five years later. Because I'll be honest, I was pretty much in like floods of tears by the My end Mrs. of this Blubbs, movie. Yeah. My Mrs. Blubbs, yeah. My Mrs. Blubbs. They have that sad. scene at the end where they sleep in the boat don't they and mm, or they yeah. they they go out but yeah they pretend that they're on a voyage and she's in a like a bed in the mm. in the ship and floating so on, up yeah. to the stars yeah where yeah. that kind of handing over of yeah. you know uh, from the first handprint on a cave that kind mm. of symbolism comes back into play mm-hmm. so did you did you enjoy it then do you think it was uh so i i enjoyed it and I, I was interested about the because it's a true story or, or majority of it is a true story. So then I did a bit of sort of digging and, and what what you were talking about four weeks with the, oh digging yeah. yeah I did a bit of excavation of some mounds <laughs> and I I found out that there was there was quite a lot of things that that were changed for mm. the for the book for the purposes of the book to make it I guess more interesting to a wider broader broader audience and then obviously that that was carried on into the film. And then that kind of irritated me. Mm. There was a lot of things that I found irritating about. So the, the things, I mean, the, the character Rory Lomax just didn't exist. That, that was like, you know, creative or artistic license. They, they just put him in as like a, you know, a bit of to, to flesh it out a little bit yeah. more. Therefore, there was no sort of love story between him and Lily James. Lily James, who's the, the actress mm. who Peggy. plays Peggy Piggott. There, was, there wasn't the same... Age gap between Peggy and Stuart. It's Peggy. not a documentary, though, is it? No, I, mean, I, know, you know. I know, but then it, then it's so, so there was absolutely no. So, but these were real people. Stuart Piggott, they they were married and they did kind of like become estranged yeah. or whatever. There's absolutely no suggestion whatsoever that he was homosexual at all. That was put in for again, just like for dramatic purposes. for dramatic effect. Which I think, mm. like, what the? That's fuck? how like, I felt a little bit about this movie. So yeah, they made really him enjoy older, it, but they made him older, disinterested in her, and gay mm. to just to kind of. But I did make it like more of a story, which like if. But at the same time, though, I did actually find that storyline quite moving and complicated in the way that yeah. she they were in this marriage that couldn't happen. You know that yeah. So you could relate. It, what? <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the man cave stays, yeah, stays in the man, in the man cave. cave. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's almost like they they 
they tried sort of like making it a little bit like put a bit more edge into the film like oh, they the, did these guys I, I think they did you know uh, it yeah, it's one of those. It's, things, it's though, manipulative. It's emotionally manipulative, I, I get, and like, it's an interesting in, story. In, like, explore the reason because they did like you know separate in real life, but sort of what why they had to make this character gay mm. uh, as like an explanation for that. Not really sure what the the purpose mm. of that was. I, I think it's for these types of films to to say it's a true story you know or based on a true story they normally go with that wording don't they so they can work in and around mm. and flesh it out to make it a little more interesting and and this could have happened and that might have happened we we don't know but as far as the story in the archaeological dig I went and then you know did a little more research and mm. found myself going down a wormhole yeah, of all yeah. these different kind of exploration sites and archaeological How long before you and, hit and, and things. Um, <laughs> I reckon it was a good 15 minutes. So, you know. It, yeah, yeah. No, like excavating mounds. Suddenly uh, you're in the Byanzathan period or something, you know, and you're looking at, oh, what, what was going on there? Who was around? You know, this is six you know, century. And, and so I think as far as that goes, well, it might not be true and those stories obviously left artistic interpretation and to get bums on seats and to make it a little more interesting if you are interested this film has piqued your interest enough to go and find your own information on on about what has happened here because it is a really interesting Mm. story and fascinating how that kind of uh burial site you say Mm. finds its way there Mm. As as Sidey takes a massive yawn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you think, Side? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think the performances from the two leads are really good. Yeah. Do, do you Files. know who was originally slated to play? Yeah, my, one of my faves. Yeah, Nicole Skidman. Nicole Kidman was meant to play. Dodged a bullet there. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah, it is a kind of melancholy kind of mm. vibe to it all the way through. But I did enjoy the digging, and yeah, it was a, a pleasant surprise actually. It, it, it's a it was a nice film. If you've seen, as I say, lots of action films and or yeah, horrors is, and things, it's just a nice state. pace, it's isn't quiet it? It's, and yeah. understated and... Well acted. Um, a nice story. acting. Yeah. Enough to keep me interested I, throughout it. Maybe I, it was a bit manipulative. I, I think, think that's, the my, thing, that's my point. I, I went with it, it was, though. So. I think it was a good story. Like, just that, that bit specifically, like mm. just making a, a character something that he's not... It was almost like they they realised, oh, right, there's no car chases, there's no fight scenes. So <laughs> how can we like like just like up the ante a it little bit? Oh, it. We make, yeah, yeah, it didn't. It, it didn't, didn't need, need it. It. It, was, it. It didn't spoil the film for me. I enjoyed the film. Yeah. It's not one that I'm going to rush back to anytime mm. soon. I don't think. But they took the artistic yeah. license a little bit too yeah. far. For yeah, you. it was it yeah. was unnecessary. I think it would have been a good film in its own right without without necessarily things like that. It probably doesn't like you either, Pete. No, no, no. I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> I made you watch kids stuff. Yeah, Let's start this, that again. <laughs> this is deliberately a theme of archaeology this week, or is that just a happy accident? No, it's carefully planned out, like okay. all our operations here. Yeah, Minecraft interactive on Netflix. Story mode. Mm. Story mode. Season one, episode one. I watched. Now this is timely. Yes. Dan, yeah, you know, because Netflix have just announced that they are actually moving into the games industry. Yeah, I saw that. 
So the Bloomberg have got a report on saying that um, it's really light on detail, but they've, they've brought in Mike Verdu, who you Mike. will, of course, know yeah. as Facebook's vice president in charge of development for the Oculus virtual reality headset thing. Uh, and so the idea is that they're going to offer video games on the Netflix platform at the current subscription model that you'll be able to kind of jump in and play. And I, I don't know the complexity of them, but it's an interesting move. And in, it's a big move in the industry. So, yeah. Dan, amazingly... You've spurt, you've actually you know Headed came across game, something yeah. zeitgeisty, but this is actually quite old. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, mm. I watched the second episode because yes, that was you the chat. Said, it's an hour shorter. Yeah, yeah. You said well, that the first one was an hour and a half. Do we want to watch that? Sidey so was like, no way. Let's watch the second one. So I watched the second one. Still not in considerable runtime of 38 minutes. Yeah, mm. it's still yeah. a chunk of time. It's yeah. still a chunk of time. So and the, and utterly baffling yeah. from the get go. Yeah. Like, it's Minecraft. If you're familiar with Minecraft, you'll, you'll know that it's one of the most popular games on uh, Adolf Hitler's <laughs> roller decks. Yeah. On, on any kid's computer these days, it's digital Lego. I remember they go son, in and I build Sonny watching worlds. and playing it years and years and years ago. Huge. I mean, took the. It's bigger than that, Dan. It's bigger than that. You build mm. your own worlds. It's digital Lego. You could play in a in a solo mode or a story mode. Uh, eventually, these zombies and Endermen and things came out that you had to kill, and. There was a lot of mining for different metals and woods and things that we would then go and forge weapons and and different houses and buildings and and everything. So this is set from the first episode where they're having a a competition to build a something. You know, that's what they do. They build stuff, Hmm. whether it be buildings or entertainment, Ferris wheels or or whole islands. You can build whatever you want. So they're, they're trying to build something and you... As the player, get to choose different options as this goes on. And, and episode two, I started to watch most of this. My daughter actually flew through about four or five of these. Mm. Really enjoyed them. I've seen them done before, and I think the age told in this one a little bit. Um, well, the, the Minecraft aesthetic, I, I think... I personally find it exceptionally ugly. Yeah, um, I, I don't like it at all. Yeah, it's really it, basic. And I know that it, it it's... Presume, huge I presume that it, it started it? off as just like something that a guy created. <clears throat> it's it. an amazing story, actually. It was this guy, Marcus Person, I think his mm. name was. Um, not that sounds like a made-up name. Yeah, no, Mark, Mr. A Man. <laughs> yeah, no, what, well, I've got his real name down here somewhere. Let's just call him Marcus Person. Not he. He went on to become this like real racist bastard so but he was just like developing this in his spare time and then he offered it he like released it as an alpha model and said to people oh tell me what to do to and i'll fix it and eventually enough people subscribed and paid like a small amount that he could quit his job set up a studio make this thing bespoke to all these people and then he just like made a fucking unbelievable amount of money like we sold it for two and a half billion to microsoft yeah not bad. Yeah, now Fucking he's just hell. off being weird and racist, and we don't, re- you know, he's like, oh, he likes QAnon maybe, and maybe he'll he like calls a transgender people mentally ill, and you know, all that stupid shit. But Minecraft itself is beloved by billions, isn't it? Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, and most of them under the age of like twelve. But um, I like Gilfie Gilfie Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson. <laughs> <laughs> sort of age. You can't you can't put that? You abs- I don't think you can actually put that. Yeah, you can. Just say allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. 
There we go. That, that, that covers <laughs> that. So, so the first series or the first episode of the first series takes us through these choices where you basically choose different friends and different options that are set up on a, on a little timer that runs down on the screen. It gives you sort of five or six seconds to say, go with Jennifer or climb up a tree. You've or got it completely is. no context for any no. of the decisions no. that you're making. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They seem fairly uh, low no. stakes. Yeah, no, but absolutely. one of them, one of them gives yeah. you a totally different, a completely different experience. What did you do? Did you end up with the engine? Uh, no. Elegard. Oh yes. Yeah, the second episode. You can either end up with Elegard or you can go the engineer. But there's a completely different one with Corey Feldman as <laughs> Magus or something. Oh, no, it's we're a completely we're. different one. Uh, so there is actually, and that's the Redstone versus. There is one big branching narrative thing, which I thought was interesting because this game is a partnership with Telltale Games, who are they did loads of those point and click things. They were a former Lucas Arts. Oh, like uh, uh, Monkey Studio, Monkey Island, yeah, exactly. Yes. And they did the I remake like of that, and they. Did did all like the Game of Thrones and Back to the Future point right, and click, right. Walking Dead point and click games. Am I right mm. in thinking that you guys have reviewed a kids TV thing before that was like a choice? That oh, was we did. A few. Grills was the one that I remember. Bear Grylls and Spirit. Right, because yeah. this is my first ever sort interactive. of inter- digital sort of interactive thing. It reminded me a bit of like the books years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, now it's you Bandersnatch for eight year page whatever mm. I've not I've not seen Bandersnatch but no. go to page whatever if yeah. you do this or to this one for this and you follow a different narrative Peter Jackson or Steve Jackson Steve Jackson Steve Jackson, yeah. Jackson yeah. right so, so that, that that is a concept really like like pulled me in I was mm. like oh this is brilliant so you can you, you can make sort of choices and things that are going to affect the storyline and so on but then like you say, like there were there were seemingly no. Sometimes the the the, the options seem to have nothing like to do with what it was that you were doing. Great idea, options stank. The, the, the options stank. The stakes. I got and, bored and flubbed yeah. a few of the sort of like jumps and shit. Well, so I, like I had like people falling down and going, you know, like it was crap cutscenes. Obviously, I, way I, too long. Oh, well, way, I did the hour and a half version. Hour and a half. I wouldn't have been able to. Oh, well, it was tough. I was. Sort of clock watching, thinking, God, how long have we got? Because I didn't actually mind it at first. Well, but it's incomprehensible what they're talking about. It's just. I actually thought it was around 25 minutes, which would have been way more appropriate and probably enjoyable because an hour and a half, certainly for the first episode, was way too long. And then all these episodes jump around. I think there goes 38, and then there was another one at 52. And there was. And I don't know whether it goes on longer or shorter, depending on the choices you take or. Yeah, that, that was, that was what I because I got to the point where I was thinking oh, I keep making the wrong fucking choices there and I'm going to get stuck in some never ending loop yeah. and kicking my TV I was like, eventually I'm like how the fuck do I do this as quickly as possible yeah, yeah. I just I was thinking what would happen if I just let the time run down would it just I end don't it, think end there was a scenario forward? where you died was there no just different no, story elements just, I, did the, you the shoot the like one minute yeah. one yeah. minute there was a massive monster Anyone get the monster? The wither. The great big fucking yeah. thing with black arms flailing yeah, around and everything. Yeah, and they yeah, just yeah, walk wither. through a door and then they're like in a nice garden and the monster's fucked off. And yeah. I'm like, it just, it's baffling, just, wasn't it? Totally, but, totally baffling. Yeah. I mean, you, you said, long. so obviously, did, was, is this sort of, but you said your daughter got into this and did. For about four of them fucking in no that's time. like a day's work. Yeah, well, I, I watched the first one with her, which season one, episode one. Then I called you guys and mm. said look 
option is because she was already by the time i'd done that phone call a couple of other bits she was already in episode three like you know so i was then forced to start watching episode two alone oh, no. which was tough oh. after episode one mm. and that's why i bagged it in and thought well i, I got the gist of it for an hour and a half here Did so i'll let you talk bit- about the individual storylines within your section but the the aesthetics of it the the choices you know what you're going to get with minecraft looks the same as the computer game but the choices you make were made this dumb for me. And I'm going to try and defend this coming on. It's my choice. I didn't know anything about it other mm. than it was Minecraft, which is huge. Well, I don't even, I think in the first one you can choose, you don't even have to be the main guy, Jesse or whatever his name was. It was voiced by Pat Oswalt, which I quite like him. But he does a lot on terrible. Conan and that, doesn't he? Yeah. But you don't even have to be a male version of Jesse. You can be a female version. So yeah, there were a that's lot of right. other choices. Yeah, yeah no, and it, it made, I think, as you said, this came out, what, 2004? 15 something like that yeah. so it's come on a lot this genre since then i think they got better but this has just found its way onto the tvs now or into my on my radar because it was available as an actual game yeah like all the consoles had it imagine buying this oh I know, you'd be you'd be so gutted. disappointed yeah. but look the, but co- the concept the kids, was good it, it like i was kids, drawn in by the concept yeah. and then i was like you said after i mean for me it was probably 10 minutes in i was like i'd, I'd have actually preferred to act, really go mining instead than, than <laughs> yeah. without without a canary one uh, of the things that impressed me with this game when my boy used to play it was the fact that he would know lots of different stones and mm. lots of different gems and yeah. you know he would he would go oh you need this and this and i don't know how much they actually go into well you need this kind of metal and that kind of thing. I think they've used this in educational settings, like yeah. in schools or whatever. They've they've used Minecraft yeah, they have, for game yeah. and, and so on. But like this, you actual- can even build. Somebody built like an eight a working eight bit computer inside Minecraft. It's really quite incredible. I think it's one of the things that scares me because when I'm faced with a vast open landscape with limitless power to create at my disposal. I'm like, oh, what am I going to make? I'm making like a car. There's a one for one recreation of Denmark. <laughs> the map of Denmark on there. It's wow. mental. Some other Minecraft stats. Do you want some of those? Yeah. Has 140 million active players worldwide, 241 million logins per month. The studio was sold for 2.5 billion to Microsoft, which seems fairly cheap when you consider some of the stats. Is that more logins than we get on the website? It's about it's the same, give or take. And the surface area of the game is eight times the size of the Earth and would take three trillion hours to play every facet, or 4.4 million average human lifespans. Okay. And some dude... It's an exercise in futility. Some dude called Kurt J. Mack... Has done it. ...is trying to walk his character from one end of the Minecraft world to the other. Okay. So far, he's done 919,592 miles um, and raised shit hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity uh, and it will take him another 21 years to complete the task go on <laughs> go on lad we'll, we'll, we'll check back in that on is that time story. well spent i think yeah. i think those stats probably are more entertaining to me than this show was it mm. was overlong and very boring very quickly it had some talent in it you know like i said it had some, some of the animation well. it's got a uh, brian posen who's the big guy with kind of a nerdy voice. He was in a collection of American sitcoms. You'd know the guy who was in Seinfeld, Everybody Loves Raymond, The Big Bang Theory. All the um, terrible shows. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. I had Scott Porter, who was in the underrated 
classic speed racer. So it could have had something, but it didn't. Was it? it was just yeah, I mean, it was it, lacking. It had potential to to really do more in this genre. I mean, making the choice, as you point out, there was no no stakes yeah. in it, and that let it down. You either like this kind of animation or you don't. Lots of the kids seem to enjoy it. And yeah, I, I remember actually getting it thrown back in my face. This is educational a few times when I tell the boy to stop playing computers. You go, mm. no, it's educational. This yeah. isn't this isn't educational. No. This is kind of mind-numbing. A little better than that, maybe. I, I do think, you know, there's got to be something in it, but this isn't done well. So the, the, the background I would, I would music go, was strange as well. Did yeah, you know? so it, it was like this haunting, like they, yeah, they have that, they have that a lot. Yeah, mm. and the weapon at the end was named the F bomb because I was a bit like that seems a bit out of place. In Lol, this. Mm. that's what they're thinking. That's a bit naughty. <laughs> yeah, Lol, edgy. you know, keeps the teen kids kind of interested. Well, yeah. I started dropping a few F bombs when I was like <laughs> not getting to the end of my, what mine was only 30 When I minutes, thought so. this was 25 minutes and I looked at the watch after about 45 going, when is this going to end? And then realised I'd been tricked in I tricked myself into watching an hour and a half. Now, if, they, if they capped it at 50 minutes, I would have got a lot more out of it mm. yeah know, just a short sharp thing but it was it fucking dragged it, I mean, it started to drag then and it still had fucking more than half of it to go i do like the idea of branching narrative stories though. yeah yeah this doesn't it wasn't done well that's the end of another sweaty sordid affair in the man cave if you're listening do try and convince someone else to listen on a different platform not on the same IP address. I think we've got some nominations for next week, Biggs. We do, yeah. Top five it was inspired by something you said in this week's top five. So it's going to be top five where they say the name of the movie. Oh, okay, cool. In the movie. The film is going to be Anomalisa. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's on my list. The kids thing was recommended to me by my youngest. So we're going to watch, we might as well jump in in the pilot, episode one, season one of rainbow rangers sounds good mm. i asked her what was good she told me this was rainbow good. rangers okay good okay we'll give uh, that a whirl what was that main feature again anomalisa it's a charlie kaufman it's like movie. a puppet I, I suggest you don't watch a trailer just jump in okay i'm i'm looking forward to that actually so yeah listen out for that we will have a midweeker but it's just going to be a surprise to you when it just is released out into the wild so yeah. look out for that all that remains is to say Sidey signing out Reeks out Dan's gone Aloha <laughs>